Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. I am super stoked because today I am sitting in my closet recording this podcast with my best friend, my amazing husband, eternal companion, spouse, all the things, father of my children. He is across from me and I'm freaking amped to have him here with me. We were actually at the airport a couple of months ago, coming back from a vacation, just the two of us, and we met this amazing human at the airport. And we were just talking about this podcast and the message that we wanted to share and all the things. And and we talked a little bit about what we believe is super important in the role of parenting and parenting together as partners. And we just kind of were bouncing ideas off each other. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, have you guys done a podcast about this yet? And we were like, no, (laughs) no, we haven't done that yet. And she was like, uh, well, you probably should. And so it's been on the to-do list for like, you know, four months. And here we are finally sitting down to do it. And I'm very, very excited about it. So I actually just came across a post a little bit ago that goes super well with this. So I'm going to read this real quick and then we'll like, we'll bring Blake in and all the awesomeness. So here's the post. Okay. A friend came to my house for coffee. We sat and talked about life. At some point in the conversation, I said, I'm going to wash the dishes and I'll be right back. He looked at me as if I had told him I was going to build a space rocket. Then he said to me with admiration, but a little perplexed, I'm glad you help your wife. I do not help because when I do, my wife does not praise me. Last week, I washed the floor and no thanks. I went back to sit with him and explained that I did not help my wife. Actually, my wife does not need help. She needs a partner. It is not a help to do household chores. I do not help my wife clean the house because I live here too and I need to clean it too. I do not help my wife to cook because I also want to eat and I need to cook too. I do not help my wife wash the dishes after eating because I also use those dishes. I do not help my wife with her children because they are also my children, and my job is to be a father. I do not help my wife to wash, spread, or fold clothes because the clothes are also mine and my children's. I am not a help at home. I am part of the house. And as for praising, I asked my friend when was the last time after his wife finished cleaning the house, washing clothes, changing bedsheets, bathing her children, cooking, organizing, etc., You said thank you, but a thank you of the type, wow, sweetheart, you are fantastic. Does that seem absurd to you? Are you looking at me strange? When you, once in a lifetime, cleaned the floor, you expected in the least a prize of excellence with great glory. Why? You never thought about that, my friend. Maybe because for you, the macho culture has shown that everything is her job. Perhaps you have been taught that all this must be done without having to move a finger, Then praise her as you wanted to be praised in the same way, with the same intensity. Give her a hand, behave like a true companion, 
not as a guest who only comes to eat, sleep, bathe, and satisfy needs, feel at home in his house. The real change of our society begins in our homes. Let us teach our sons and daughters the real sense of fellowship. I don't know who wrote that. It was shared by one of my friends, but it just says Hawk at the bottom. So I love that. I love that. I love that. And that's the longest intro ever. But without further ado, I want to welcome on my partner, my partner and my best friend, Mr. Blake was. Hello, good sir. Hello. <laughs> you're freaking excited or you're like terrified right now? <laughs> I'm a little bit of both, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It's exciting, but I'm, I'm scared a little bit. That's okay. It's okay to be scared. We embrace our fears, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, so what are your thoughts about all this? I think it rings true. How, how were you raised, though? Because I know, like... For those of you who are like, wow, Bryn like scored the jackpot. Like she got a partner in this. Like you're 100% right. Like I didn't coach him or teach him or change him. Like he just came this way, quote unquote. So like, how were you raised or what do, what, why are you the way you are? Why are you already so good at being a partner? Uh, I would say, you know, my parents raised me ultimately to be kind. And, you know, we, I think you know, my, my dad's a doctor and he was working a lot. Um, and my mom, you know, raised us and did all the things. Um, and obviously there were, there were roles, but there weren't like responsibilities per se. But I, I feel like both of them just, you know, really emphasized it's important. It's very important to be kind and to serve um, and to be conscious of, of each other as a family. So anyway, like I, I think that we had responsibilities and roles in our family, but ultimately it was about kindness. I love that. Side note, I always like to right before I need to make an edit. Don't kick this because it gets like major feedback on the microphone. So just be careful not to like, don't touch that anymore. <laughs> it's okay. Hopefully it's fine so far. But okay. I love that. So at least in my head, your family was like the picture perfect. Like dad goes to work. Dad works freaking hard. Dad brings in all the money. Mom is a stay at home mom. She takes care of the children. Like, this is her job. This is her role. This is her responsibility. Mom takes care of the children in the house. Dad brings in the money. So, like, at least in my head, like, I honestly don't know where you, like, got that. Like, no, like, I help and it's okay for my wife to help bring in a little bit of money or it's okay for me to, to do the dishes or to make dinner every once in a while. Because at least in my head, like, you didn't necessarily have that role model to you. So... I love that emphasis on like, just be kind. And like, if you see a need, help and serve, right? But do you feel like, even if you didn't necessarily see it like in your own and your and your dad in that like partnership-ness, did you, do you feel like your mom really taught you to just like, you see a need, you help out? Or where did that come from? Yeah, I feel like 
looking at it from a straight point of view, like, sure, they had roles, right? And they, you know, my dad didn't often do the dishes or whatever because he wasn't home very often. But I think they both were, you know, very good partners in that sense that um, they did for each other and for our family what they needed to do. And, uh, yeah, I think just overarchingly, they both were very good at, at looking out for each other, looking out for, you know, us kids and, and being kind. Um, and I, and I feel like maybe it was intentional. I think we, that's one thing I, I think about often with raising our kids is what do we intentionally want them to to become and learn and experience and I think you know that is one thing that I, I, I really and truly want them to be is, is kind um, and I don't know if that was intentional with my parents I know that they were you know they believed very much so in in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and tried to be followers of Jesus Christ um, but anyway no I love that I love that and we were talking earlier about this a little bit and one of Blake's favorite books is it's a book called how will you measure your life and we were talking about the concept and idea of of the author in that book shares, you know, he asked his adult children, what are the things that you really remember most that we taught you as your parents? And they didn't have all these huge, like aha moments of like, I remember when you sat me down and we had this conversation one time about this, right? They, they remembered more of the small and simple things. And especially those things that were wrapped up in experiences that were very memorable and and the things that were emphasized over and over and over and over again and we were actually asking our son we were doing a lesson um we call it learning about jesus a couple weeks ago and i can't even remember what the lesson was on but we were asking our son essentially like what do you think mom and dad really want you to learn and really want you to know and it was really cool to hear from the mouth of our four-year-olds like what what we constantly repeat to him over and over and over again. Right. And it's just the simple things like, you know, ask your sisters if they're okay when they're feeling hurt and not just in a superficial, like, are you okay? And then go back to playing, but like genuinely stop and make sure they're all right and see what you can do to help them feel better. Do they need a hug? Do they need a kiss? Do they need you to help them with something? You know, not just, are you okay? You know, that whatever, Oh, check. I did it. I asked if they were okay, which let's be real. Sometimes he does that <laughs> like a lot, actually. Yeah. And we have to constantly remind him, no, like go actually see if they're okay, you know, but, but it was really cool to hear what he thinks we care for him to know. And so I invite you to ask your kids, like what from their eyes, because I think we always have that perception of like, oh, I think they think that I want them to know this, right? Because in our heads, we're really portraying these certain messages. But sometimes it really is out of the mouth of babes, right? Like it's very, very eye-opening to recognize and realize what message they're actually hearing 
versus what we think they're hearing, you know? So love that. Um, okay. So I was reading, I, I know I've referenced it before on this podcast. It's a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And there's this whole chapter called Boys. And I love this chapter so much, but I've gotten a lot of flack in the past about <laughs> letting our son paint his nails. Okay. And I've gotten so many messages on Instagram that are like, why do you let your son paint his nails? And now I can like, oh, this is why. And then I send them the episode called Grace with Your Children's Choices with Stephanie Johnson, because <laughs> it's a way better answer than I ever could have answered in just a written text. But I really, really love so much about what Glennon Doyle says in this chapter. And I think it also goes hand in hand with Brene Brown and what she talks about when, when it comes to men and we, when it comes to men specifically, sometimes we try to paint this picture of they're the breadwinner. They don't touch dinner. They don't touch dishes. They don't touch laundry. They don't touch cleaning and mopping and whatever. Their job is to go to work, come home from work, and they can talk about sports and they can talk about sex and they can talk about work and they can go outside and mow the lawn. And yep, that's that's your jobs. Good job, spouse. And you're not allowed to be sad. You're not allowed to feel afraid. You're not allowed to feel hurt. You're not allowed to show mercy or tenderness or have softness or quietness or connection with whatever, right? Like you're not allowed to feel uncertain. And and in, I can't remember which book it was. I think it's The Gifts of Imperfection. Brene Brown has a husband come up to her and like, when are you going to start studying shame in men? And because this was back at the beginning of her career when she was just mainly focusing on women and she was like, I don't know, you know, like I'm not a man, so I don't know how to study, man, you know, and and he said, I wish you would, because my family would rather see me die on my white horse than cry and feel afraid. Right. And so sometimes we paint this picture for men that these are the roles that they have to have. These are the things that they have to do. These are the, this is the person they have to be. And if they don't fit that mold, then they're somehow less of a man. And, And we shame them in conscious or unconscious ways, but we do. Right. And, um, in, untamed, she talked about how her own son, she was, you know, letting him, he, he was like, mom, I, I can't, I can't do the dishes. I got a really big test tomorrow. So, you know, I gotta go, I gotta go study. Okay, sweetheart, I'll do the dishes for you. Right. Or, oh, Hey mom, I can't, I can't do my chores right now because I have a football game tomorrow. So I want to get a lot of sleep so I can wake up and be really well rested for my practice tomorrow. Right. Okay, sweetheart. I hope you sleep good. Right. And her, her spouse was like, um, I don't really think you are, (laughs) you want to raise him like this. You are raising him to be just this child who, uh, cares about succeeding in the outside world and doesn't care about his family at all. I don't think that's what you're intentionally doing, but you are teaching him 
to care only about success in the outside world and that family and home life doesn't matter. Is that really what you want to be teaching him? And she was like, whoa, like wake up call. No, 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 no. So she pulls her son aside and says, like, I'm so sorry. I've been I've been portraying the wrong message to you. Your family matters. Your family matters. And you need to care about us. You need to love us. You need to help us. Your success in the outside world matters, too, but not as much as the success in the home. So I just I loved that. I loved that so much. And I think when it comes to our husbands, when it comes to our sons, I think we could all do a little better at allowing them to show some of those more feminine traits, right? So what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. And I think I just keep thinking of Brene Brown and, you know, being vulnerable and being authentic and how important it is to cultivate that type of atmosphere in your home. Um, and allowing your kids just to be who they are, you know, and I, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to do that. Uh, we have, you know, little kids. And so they, I feel like they're more naturally themselves that way. But I, I mean, you know, as, as they grow older, you know, the outside world pressures them into, into these types of norms it's hard to see them, you know, push themselves away from from their own self and from their from us, their family. And I even I even noticed that when Holland gets around, you know, other groups of kids, and how he kind of, you know, becomes a little bit something something different. And, and same with Lila, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but mm-hmm. I think it's something to be aware of and to just try to have conversations around with, with our kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I never think it's too early to emphasize to our kiddos that friends matter and your friends make a difference in who you become. And... I think sometimes we think kids can't handle these types of conversations because they don't quite understand. But if we put it in verbiage that they can understand, they absolutely can understand the concepts. We were talking just a couple of days ago about like drugs and alcohol and, and crime and, and that 90% of all crime has to do with people who are either under the influence of either drugs or alcohol or who want to become under the influence of drugs or alcohol. So we were talking about, you know, this with our kids and they're five and three and we've got a one-year-old, but let's be real. She wasn't listening. Right. And we were just talking about how big of a, of an impact your friends have on your choices. And if we know that as adults, as parents, I think we can start to breadcrumb the breadcrumb, those important conversations. And whether or not they fully understand it right now, right? It's just like we were just talking about with what do you want to teach your kids? What do you want them to know and understand? I for sure want them to know and understand that the people they hang out with makes a difference, right? Think back to two episodes ago, right? The, about, you know, surround yourself with greatness. 
no matter how old you are, your friends influence the person that you become. And the more we can instill that and hopefully help them when they don't really know how to make friends, hopefully we can help them pick the right ones, you know, especially at that young age when you still have influence. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a fine balance between agency and helping them make good principle based decisions and i don't know i mean we're you know where we're at as a family i feel like we still have time but i feel like the biggest thing we can do is just help them be aware help them recognize those things when when situations arise Mm -hmm. and and we can't make decisions for them but we can just remind them of who they are and the impact things are going to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I remember hearing really probably about 10 years ago is that sometimes in our culture, people have the same beliefs as you, the same religion as you, maybe the same whatever as you, but there are specific people who make certain choices, right? And so that that differ from the standards of maybe the religion that you're in or or the standards that you believe in or whatever. And I, this friend of mine told me that what they do in their home is that they, they make it the wise way. That's our last name, right? Like, or the, whatever your last name is way. And maybe this isn't what this family does, but they're not in our family. This is what we do in our family. And, and then not placing the standards or whatever on, on a bigger umbrella thing, like the church or whatever, because then when they see they see people who are in the church and not following those standards. They're like, uh, I'm very confused. What? Right. But if you make it a, no, this is our family standard. Like this is what we do in our family. And I loved that. I loved, I felt like it's, it was a very simple, but very profound way to teach kiddos what, what is to be expected as far as the things that are important to you and your family. So back to Blake being a partner in this, I feel like it's so multifaceted, right? Like there's so many things in what you can teach your kids, what you can do with them. But I think as, as wives, I think we can do better with putting our husbands on a pedestal. (laughs) There are so many times that I hear friends of mine who just bash their husbands in public and maybe he's not there, but it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I feel like when the things that we say out loud are the things that we think. And if we're thinking it and we're saying it, then our actions are being influenced by the things we say and the things we think. Right. And I've heard so, so, so many of my mama friends talk about how incapable their husbands are to change diapers or to watch their kids, or they have to at least have one less kid than the amount of children they actually have or, or whatever. My husband's so lazy. My husband's bop, 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 whatever. Right. And I'll be real, like my closest friends that I have, that I talk to on a very regular basis. They don't talk to their, they don't talk about their husbands like that. Why? Because I don't talk about my husband like that. 
And I like to surround myself with people who are like me. And if you're a husband basher, sorry, you're not going to be my friend because I will never participate in that conversation with you. You might be my friend, but not my close friend because I'm never going to turn into a husband basher. And because that was one of the most amazing pieces of advice we were given when we were right after we were married was put your husband on a pedestal because he will rise to it. And if you tell him in public and in private that he's an amazing father, that he's so capable, that he's so helpful. If you tell everyone who will listen, oh, my husband's a rock star. He gets up with our kiddos in the middle of the night. He has always helped me. He's so good at blah, 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 blah. And and maybe you're like, well, my husband doesn't do any of those things. So how in the world do I praise him? You find whatever he is doing well and you praise the heck out of that. You find those little things that my husband takes immaculate care of our yard and it always looks amazing. And then whoever can listen to that story And this is an example. Our yard does not actually look amazing all the time, (laughs) but maybe that's what your husband is good at, right? You find whatever your husband is good at, and then you praise him up and down, left and right to anyone and everyone who will listen. And especially when he is right there, because if the verbiage starts to change and you start to praise him for the things he is doing, then guess what? he's going to start trying to do more things right because everyone likes to be praised. Everyone likes to feel significant. Everyone loves that, especially in public, right? So the more you do it, guess what? The more he'll help with the other things, the more he'll help with the little things. And so I really, really, really want to encourage you to just find it, find whatever it is he's good at and praise him up and down, left and right to anyone and everyone will listen, especially to him, especially to him. And I think that it reminds me going back to one of the things that I want our kids and mostly Holland to understand and to learn is, is, is this concept of shame, right? I think that really plays into this conversation of putting your husband on the pedestal because I think as, as young, young boys growing up in, in this culture, in this society, you know, shame is a, is a everyday occurrence and feeling like you're not enough. And never will be. It's really hard, <clears throat> and then it, and then if it trickles into married married life and family life, it just the shame worsens, and it becomes that much more painful. So I think <clears throat> you know, one addressing shame early with your kids, helping identify it, but also as wives. Um, you know, by praising and by acknowledging your husband's strengths. I think that that gives them a boost to their identity and helps them show up in in other ways, like like you said, right? Um, It's powerful. Yeah. 
And there's a book that I read called His Needs, Her Needs. And it talks all about that really, it honestly, it was a little scary. It was kind of a scary book because it's all about like how to have an affair proof marriage. And it literally just talked about like if he has specific needs or she has specific needs and they're not being met, affairs don't just go from zero to 60 overnight, right? Like it turns, it's just a friend, like it's just a friend or someone that you work with or someone who lives down the street or someone you're talking to on social media. It's just very innocent. It's just very friendship, right? But then all of a sudden, if this person is feeling a need that your spouse is not, that is how affairs start because this person is feeling a need. So then, okay, I want to talk to you a little more because at home, my husband is, meh, 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 meh. he's not filling this need that I have, but this person on social media is, or this person on the street is, or this person that I work with is. And then it turns into more than just somebody you're talking to at work, right? Then, then you just like talk after work one day, and then you go on a walk after work one day, and then you drive home together one time. And then, oh my gosh, he kissed me or whatever, right? Like you can see how it it's not, oh my gosh, I had an affair last night. How in the freak did that happen? Right? It's, it really is those small and simple things. And I'm, this is not Bryn trying to scare you, right? But if you want to keep him around, <laughs> be nice, be nice to him, be nice to him. And one of the best, 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 best pieces of advice I've ever received was actually not given straight to me. It was just a social media post, but I took it to heart. And it was my girl, Anna Bullock. She is a life coach and she was actually one of the first people I ever interviewed on my podcast. But she talked about how you can't love your husband for who he could be in the future. You can't love him for his potential. You gotta love him right freaking now. And I was so guilty of that. I was so guilty of like, sometimes on the hard days, like I would tell Blake, like, babe, like, I love you because I can see the potential in you. Like I can see it. And I, and ever since that post, I've tried to switch my verbiage to, I love you exactly the way you are right now. You are enough exactly the way you are right now. Right. And have you felt a difference? as that message has changed. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So just being aware, I think is, is the key step <laughs> really, but our husbands clearly can feel shame and sadness and fear and hurt too. And if we're the ones piling that on them, then of course they're going to be douchebags. And they're not going to be helpful, you know? And one of my mindset coaches, um, his name is Kyle Sullivan. He, I, I was talking to him about marriage and whatever. And I was like, he asked me like, when, when was the last time Blake did something super nice for you? And I was like, yesterday. And he was like, what did he do? And I was like, he, he did the dishes for me. That was so nice and so helpful. And he's like, okay, so what did you do to tell him? Thank you. I was like, I said, thank you. And he was like, Bryn. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, you said thank you? Yeah. Okay, where are you going with this? I said thank you. Okay. 
And he's like, okay, you're like Miss Dance Freakout Queen of America. You make up a song for everything. Uh, you need to be a little more excited about this type of stuff because you are someone with a big personality. You're super loud. You're super boisterous. You're super fun. So think of a super fun way to say thank you to him, right? And so that day he got home, like got home on time and it was super awesome. And I was very grateful for it. So part of me wanted to just be like, hey, babe, welcome home, you know, like the normal, whatever. But instead, I like, daddy is home, daddy is home, daddy is home, right? And I made up this little, like, song and dance. Do you remember this day? Yeah. <laughs> and my kids started chanting and singing it with me. Daddy is home, daddy is home, right? And we're, like, dancing and chanting around the kitchen and, like, going and giving it. And it immediately shifted our mood and our energy, right, to, like, I'm excited. They're excited. We're all chanting. We're all dancing around because daddy is home, right? And that is so different than... Hi, babe. Welcome home. How was your day? Right. And I'm not saying you have to turn into Brynn and be all dance, freak out, make up a song for everything. But just remember who you are and remember to have that same level of ex- of excitement. If you have that level of excitement for for one person or in one scenario, your spouse deserves that same respect. Right. So. Yeah, and I think I think there's something deeper there for for us husbands, right? Like in in that scenario, it it bleeds into every day. Like that's a little thing that you can do as a wife. Um, that 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 will bleed into your kids, and and now you know I feel like my kids are typically always pretty excited when I come home for the day, but that's like it's become even more so and i think that's because Bryn has made it so right and and made an effort to do that type of thing and i i i love it and it makes me feel very happy and and loved to see you know my little three-year-old just drop everything and run to the door when I come in, um, my little one-year-old, you know, squawk and and run too. It's it's it makes my soul very happy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I think finding those everyday moments to just let them know that they matter to us. You know, it's it's small and simple, but small and simple things always bring about great things, right? They do. And I mean, but let's be real here, guys. Like, Bryn doesn't do that every day. There are some days that he comes home and I just finished, like, raising my voice at one or three as somebody's in timeout, somebody's crying. Like, dinner hasn't even been started yet. The house is absolutely atrocious. Like, we definitely have days like that, too. (laughs) I don't want you to listen to this and, like, just picture this. Oh, wow, they have it all together. No, no, we don't. But just trying and being more aware and being more conscious of trying to create that on a more regular basis, right? It makes a big difference. So, so. You know, one other thing I, I want to mention and maybe kind of pull it back a little bit is, is this all starts, you know, being a partner, being a partnership and not just husband and wife and roommates. Um, 
it starts with communication and expectations. And you know, I, I'm a part of a few groups, few guy groups, and um, accountability groups, and it's it's interesting and sad to hear the other side of the story, right? The other side of the relationship and how how what is communicated and what is expected can get very warped and um and i think it all it all just starts there you know when if something isn't communicated communication is still happening whether it's whether it's clear or whether it's interpreted into something totally different so um Maybe that's a little too vague or a little too abstract. I think what you're basically saying is that husbands can't read wives' minds. So they're either going to interpret something and probably do so incorrectly, right? Because we don't have the same brains or you got to just communicate, right? And that is huge right there like especially for us wives i think so many times we get all bent out of shape if they don't know exactly what we mean when we said it right but just in case you didn't know this like men think differently than women (laughs) and you gotta be clear you have got to be clear with the the things that you need the things that you want the things that you hope for And I have noticed a huge difference in our marriage when we just do like, uh, on Sundays is typically when we've started doing it, just like a brief overview of like, what do you have going on this week? Right. And that's when it's a, oh, I've got a haircut on this day, or, oh, I've got a meeting on this day, or, oh, I'm doing this thing on this day or whatever. And then it doesn't turn into a, it's the night of we're literally sitting down for dinner and then it's like springs on you like, oh, hey, I got to leave in five minutes because I've got this thing that it's like, wait, what? Like I was envisioning that we were going to have dinner together. I thought you were going to be here to help me put the kids to bed. Now you're leaving me. Sweet. I'm already freaking tired. Now I'm pissed. Okay, bye. Whatever. See ya. Right. And when we just have those conversations, both sides of this is these, these are the plans. This is what I hope for. This is what I'm thinking. And just open up on both ends. I feel like it has helped us a lot with just having better expectations. And, and that's, I've heard, you know, a quote that that's really the leading cause of divorce. It's not money. It's not sex. It's not work. It's, unmet expectations period you expected one thing and that's not what happened and you can't meet those expectations unless you communicate them yeah 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 and sometimes for us wives sometimes that means you got to ask the questions differently because you can hear who's the talker in the relationship I could talk and talk and talk and talk and talk to Blake. And he is a wonderful listener. And then I ask him, like, how was your day? It was good. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right? And so just being more like if you really want that communication, 
figuring out a different way to ask questions. Where did you go today? Whose house did you help, right? Did you have any help with, with your jobs today? Was it super hot? I don't know, whatever. Like he's a landscaper, right? As of this moment when we're recording this, but, (laughs) um, but just figuring out different ways to ask the questions instead of just, how's your day? Right. And, and all forms of communication too. figuring out new ways to talk, new ways to communicate and then finding what's the most effective for you. I love it. Okay. Well, that's basically all I really wanted to chat about. Is there anything else you want to emphasize or share? No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to find this. Well, I, I guess one thing that just comes to mind, um, you know, and this is taking it back a few years and, you know, dating in college and, um, what what really attracted me to to Bryn um above all else was you know dating her and being with her she made me want to be a better person um and that has continued throughout our almost 10 years of marriage and i think it goes back to that shame piece of you know, listening, communicating, and and being kind. You know, I, she's never shamed me into wanting to improve myself. Uh, but she, she has always, in whatever capacity, has always, m- mostly by example, but she's always inspired and ignited that desire in me to be better to be a better husband, to be a better father. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm you know, super grateful for that, for you. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a skill, but it's a small and simple skill that, that can have a big impact on your marriage. Is if you, if you just have that daily goal of how can I, how can I better my partner? How can I inspire them um, to be better, you know? And without shame. Um, or force. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think really what it comes down to is just, he's my husband, he's my best friend. I am not his mom and I never will be. He has a mom and he didn't want to marry his mom. He wanted to marry me, his wife, his best friend. Right. And so that's just one of the things that I've just always tried to remember is I'm supposed to be his best friend. I'm not supposed to babysit him. I'm not supposed to, yeah, shame, belittle, 
punish. <laughs> He's not my kid. He's a grown man who's amazing. And I just need to see that in him and help him see that in himself on the days that he doesn't quite see it in himself, right? So thank you for being awesome. I love you. <laughs> um, and if you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode three. It's all about... And if you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode three. It's called Married Life, and it's all about four pieces of advice that my mom gave me when we were on our way to uh, being married. And I, I run free accountability groups at least once or twice a year around that, that concept because it has been so life-changing for me. Um, free accountability groups. I don't know if I said free, but yeah, just, and it's, there's been so many women who've reached out and said like, oh my gosh, that marriage group has absolutely changed everything for me. So I gave it all away to you for free in that podcast episode. So please, please, please go listen to it. And one more thing I wanted to leave you with, um, this comes from untamed as well. Um, Okay, I'm just going to read it. So she said, um, I remember once one of the boys said something particularly vulnerable, vulnerable, and the other boys giggled uncomfortably. I said, hey, just remember that when you laugh at something someone has said, it's not about the person who spoke. It's about you. He was brave enough to be honest. You be brave enough to handle it. Life is hard. Friends need to be safe places for each other. Our boys are just as human as our girls are. They need permission, opportunities, and safe places to share their humanity. Let's encourage real, vulnerable conversations among our sons and their friends. And I would add, and our husbands and their friends. Let's ask about their feelings, relationships, hopes, and dreams, so they don't become middle-aged men who feel permitted to discuss only sports, sex, news, and the weather. Let's help our boys become adults who don't have to carry life alone. And let's help our husbands become adults that don't have to carry life alone. And there's one more part. And there's one more part where she says, our men are caged too. The parts of themselves they must hide to fit into these cages are the slices of their humanity that our culture has labeled feminine. Traits like mercy, tenderness, softness, quietness, kindness, humility, uncertainty, empathy, connection. We tell them, don't be these things because those are feminine things to be. Be anything but feminine. The problem is that the parts of themselves that our boys have been banished from are not feminine traits. They are human traits. There is no such thing as a feminine quality because there is no such thing as masculinity or femininity. Femininity is just a set of human characteristics a culture pours into a bucket and slaps with the label feminine. Gender is not wild, it's prescribed. Anyways, she goes on to say, human qualities are not gendered. What is gendered is permission to express certain traits. And we need to give our men permission to feel shame, to feel vulnerable, to feel all those things. And when we do, when we allow them to be human, and when we praise them for their humanness, and we see them for their goodness then everything changes, right? And they will become more devoted partners and lovers and fathers and all the things. So 
Go kiss your spouse. Go give him some love. Tell him he's awesome. Be his biggest cheerleader. And he'll be all those things for you in return. So, anything else you want to say before we close it out? Just that you're amazing. Right back at you. (laughs) Okay, we love you, friends. We'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember, the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace. Thank you.